podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city! Funnels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. We've had a little bit of a rivalry on a tad predictable, and it's come to an abrupt end. I'm not sure if Dave is going to be looking for a rematch or if Guy's going to be looking for a rematch based on how I announce the results later on. But welcome to A Tad Predictable, Episode 6. And in this episode, we're going to be revealing the winner of the challenge that was set out by today's guest, Guy Drinkle. Guy, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good, thanks to you. Um, I've got the results here with me so i'm sheepishly looking yes. at those and it's, it's it's quite interesting um for those that are new to the show we've got a lovely banquet or burn it segment we'll explain the rules when we get there but guy you you had a, a really good showing on on banquet or burn it and you then challenged dave hendrick one of um one of the epl regulars uh, he's the host of the two footer podcast you're the lovely producer of both shows if I'm not mistaken, this show and Dave's show. I am. But you challenged him to bank it or burn it. He came on. He gave his best efforts. How do you feel? Um, do you think you, you, you got the best of him? I, I think I smoked it, to be honest. Easy work. <laughs> Easy work. We'll find out. We'll soon find out. Speaking of easy work, how, how have you found... Um, the past week of fixtures, I suppose being a Liverpool fan, maybe this season isn't going to be as easy as you thought uh, going into this next week and I guess the rest of the season with Virgil van Dijk's injury. Yeah, I didn't think it would be as easy <laughs> with, all, with all good players being fit. <laughs> um, never mind our goalkeeper being unfit and we've got that in goal. Um, and, and our set, our our only consistently fit centre-back, and he just happens to be like the best centre-back in the world, um, out all season. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not been a it's not been a great week. VAR, uh, it's not the place, but VAR read its ugly head in the Merseyside derby. Or I say VAR, incompetent referees. That's probably a better way for it. Um, and then the injury and lack of red card and yada 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 but uh, I always thought it'd be close I still think we're favourites for the title mainly because no one else has started 
spectacularly, apart from Aston Villa, <laughs> for some reason. I was going to yeah. say, Aston Villa fans will definitely <laughs> yeah. have something to say about that. Yeah, they're the f- they're Especially the first their emphatic yeah. victory, victory against Liverpool just, just two weeks ago. Have you already forgotten about that? Uh, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> well, the, the games are coming thick and fast, fast at the moment, and especially now that uh, European football has come into the forefront. We've got Champions League football, Europa League football this week. Do you see that affecting the scorelines in some of these games and how you're going to be predicting them? Um, I think it can do in some cases. Um, Maybe not in terms of my prediction for the Liverpool game, but we saw last night Jurgen Klopp took all three of the the usual front three off at the same time, which... That that's never I've never seen Klopp do a triple sub in a, in a meaningful game. Never, never mind take off the front three, the well established ludicrous. That's the word I'm going to go with. <laughs> um, <laughs> front three um, at the same time, and I suppose it's a good thing that we actually have options to do that, which we didn't last year. Um, but you you just don't see that, so it may affect the Champions League more than the Premier League in Liverpool's case, but um, United had a strange team out. Obviously, they had a P- the beat PSG, but they had a bit of a, a mixed team out. So, would you would United and United fans, if they are listening, would, would you save Pogba, who's probably your worst performing midfielder for a Premier League game against Chelsea over a game against PSG? I know he, I think he came on and did well. Or I read that, but it, it, seems, it seems strange. So, I think it won in the early parts. But maybe later on, when when um, when the league cup comes back and and uh, other other stuff like that. So, what once once it's more two game three games a week consistently, I think it'll affect it. And the Europa League's always worse for teams as well, isn't it? Yeah, that Thursday Sunday is really really. Um, it, I think it throws a spanner in the works. Teams don't seem to like it, especially because it entails travels to places that are too far away, I think, for some of the English Premier League clubs. Uh, We've seen how important rest can be for players. But a team that doesn't want any rest at the moment, and they probably want to play every single week, it's the first fixture of this weekend, and they are the Premier League leaders. Aston Villa, they take on Leeds United, a a spirited Leeds United side that, although, you know, They've had two losses, two wins and a draw. Uh, They've been exciting to watch. And this game looks like it could be panning out to be quite an exciting game. How do you see the league leaders going? Um, It's weird being confident in Aston Villa to do something. Mm. But I haven't watched all the games. Um, (laughs) I think I've watched the first one. You definitely watched the seven too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, Grace, that was fun. Uh, there was obviously that. I may have watched the third one as well, but since since pay-per-view, I know, they, I think they were on TV, but I didn't watch much football over the weekend. Um, so I didn't, I didn't see that. Was it Leicester that played? I think it was. I didn't see that game, but there, there seemed to have just, just been consistent, which I don't think Aston Villa were last season. Like They had so many players they couldn't really rely on, and it was all going through um, Grealish. And I think on other podcasts, I think Dave mentioned it on his, actually, um, the the fact that Barkley can take off pressure off Grealish and it can give him 
more room to operate in. And we didn't see the returns in that because I know that because he's in my FPL and he got three points, <laughs> um, which is fantastic. But it, it should give him more room to operate in. And against Leeds, um, I just noticed you, on on your notes here that Calvin Phillips is out, um, which is obviously a huge mess. Um, he he seems to be the fulcrum. That's probably the word I'm looking for. Um, and that that'd be huge. I'm not even sure what midfield options um, Leeds have. So Adam Forshaw's out. I know he was uh, a part of the Championship team as well. Um, so it might it might be a new look midfield, which Bielsa, you'd probably think he he, he people to get injured. He'd want these people who the system seems to be built around, and that's probably what Calvin Phillips is. So how big that affects him. Mm. Uh, might be too soon to know, but it'd be a big miss on paper. So I'd make Aston Villa favourites on this, and it's not just simply the fact they've started so well. It's the fact that Leeds are missing them players. Um, Villa aren't really missing anyone apart from backups in a few positions, and I think you got to ride with form, um, especially with it being at Villa Park. Grealish, Barkley, uh, Douglas, Louise. It's strange that Man City didn't take him back. To be honest, uh, I'm not sure how that how long that buyback lasts for, but Villa might need to buy that out <laughs> or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite confident on Villa. Yeah, and you know, um, I could just hear the Everton fans screaming in the background from the moment I said that Aston Villa were the league leaders. In typical Liverpool fashion, I completely forgot that Everton are actually on top of the league. It's Everton on top of the league with 13 points. Aston Villa have 12, although Aston Villa have a game in hand. You know, I I, I do apologise to the Everton fans. You guys are on top of the league. It it pains me saying that at the moment, but it's five games in. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Maybe Villa will be um, above them, especially if guys' predictions go, go right. They'll be above them you know, before Everton get to kick off in in their game. And that would be with both teams having now played five games together. You mentioned the Calvin Phillips injury, and I I think it is a big one for Leeds. Uh, Just an update for everyone. Uh, Bielsa, he did speak to Leeds live, and he mentioned that um, their player Pascal Stroik, and I'm Mm. sorry if I have butchered his name, but he's in line to be the player to step up in centre mid. He's had one appearance this season. Um, it was at centre-back, but mm. he, he's more of a natural Phillips replacement, and, and that's more his role, I think. He's more suited to midfield, so he'll be coming in. But as you say, that's a big, big loss for them. Um, to be interesting to see how they can a- adapt to that. For me, this game, I, I can see Villa still keeping the good times rolling. I, I don't see them... You know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. And it, the interesting thing for me, I suppose, will be with the confidence that Villa are playing with, is that going to make them susceptible to the counterattack? Um, a lot of teams maybe now are starting to pay more attention to the start they've had. And it's, you know, it's not regarded as, oh, it's just a fluky two, two early wins or something. This is now four wins on the bounce this is a team that's uh you know you've got to really respect when you come up against them and i wonder if bielsa is going to tailor his game to be counter-attacking that style of football where they're 
coming forward. They they have a lot of the ball in Aston Villa and, and Leeds look to pick up the pieces from that. Um yeah, in in terms of your scoreline from for this game, could you elaborate on that a bit? Um oh I didn't watch the Wolves game, but mm, not many people I well, I've heard mixed things. I've heard people say that they had a lack of chances and then some people say Wolves got lucky. But then people say Wolves defenders got man of the match, so maybe I'm wrong on that. <laughs> it would have helped if I watched it. Um, I don't think this is going to sound really stupid from especially a Liverpool fan, but I don't think Villa will usually tonk people, like absolutely batter them, which is obviously <laughs> very stupid from a Liverpool fan. But if a team doesn't turn up drunk, um, I'd hope like ill <laughs> the way we played that day but I think if a team is like anywhere near competency I think Villa won't score loads but I think they've still got a decent amount of goals in them so I'll go I'll go 2-1 Villa 2-1 Aston Villa um, I'm, I'm definitely going to echo an Aston Villa win and I think they do go top of the league <laughs> uh, Everton will be fighting to to make sure they wrestle that back uh, from them and once again I do apologize to the Everton fans sorry not sorry um, for this game however I do think that it's going to be a Villa win I think they're going to be goals in this game I'm going to go for a 3-2 and I just think that Leeds on the counter-attack is going to be really spirited and I think they could get a few goals in this game and Aston Villa just seem like a team that can keep going uh, so far this season, any time uh, a team gets back, then you know they they're gonna have enough to go for it. They've kept three clean sheets this season of the four games. It's just the Liverpool game where they needed to really step it up the gear when Liverpool started coming back and and go after it again. But I think similar to how Leeds tested Liverpool at the beginning of the season, I think they're gonna test Aston Villa in a similar way in terms of keeping you know hanging around long enough that Villa need to keep scoring goals otherwise they could end up suffering a draw so I'm going to go for a 3-2 Aston Villa win for this game both of us are going for an Aston Villa win so you can lock that one up with regards to the next game coming up it's a team that probably thought they would be top of the league at this stage maybe not so much in terms of um, fixtures having only played four games as well but certainly before the season started, they would have thought that they would have had the form that the likes of Everton and Villa have had. It's Man City. They go away to a West Ham side that had a very confusing game this past weekend. David Moyes was back in the dugout. People were thinking maybe he was the curse because they didn't start great um, at all. But then they pulled it back in the second half. I, I don't know if... Um, they, he, he rushed back home and they just put a, a, a mannequin up of him in the dugout for the second half or how that worked out. But <laughs> West Ham uh, looking to, I suppose, take in the form of the second half against Spurs into this game against Man City. Do you think they can hold off Man City in this game? Um, I'd usually say no, because... If I remember correctly, Man City usually batter West Ham. But Man City have been weird this season. Like, obviously they've missed a striker. 
uh, for most games. I think they had Jesus for the first game and Aguero for the Arsenal game, but they had people missing in between. Um, so it probably depends how fit Aguero is, I suppose. If he, if he has picked up anything, I'm not sure if he played midweek uh, against Porto, um, but if, if, he's, if he's not 100%, I mean, West Ham are pretty bad defensively, but they've got, they tend to play a lot of defenders, so it might be tough to break through the lot rather than the quality, the, the quantity of the quality of defenders there. Um, I'd make Man City are obviously favourites, but Alan Irvin is just, he's, he's, manager, he's manager of the season and he's not even a manager. Uh, 100% win record, got the boys in at half-time and battered Spurs. What else do you want? Um... But West Ham are a dangerous team. Um, on paper, the defence is, is poor. I've, West Ham fans would probably agree with that. Um, midfield's good. I think Suchek and Rice is, is one of the better ones, probably outside the top six. And then the the front line, Antonio is... I mean, he, he, he's got just so many levels to his game. Like he, He's either unplayable or anonymous. Or, or terrible, um, but he seems he seems to be unplayable quite consistently now. Um, Fornells seems to be finding his feet a little bit. We saw what Lanzini could do with with his worldie against Spurs. Bowen seems to be settling in a bit, um, and I think Hall, I think Haller's on the injured list, but he's a threat. You could see Haller if if they're still playing Walker and Aki um, at uh, at. Um, Kind of as like a half back free thingy that Pep's gone ultra Pep with. Um, so if if Haller gets back, he he could he could be interesting. I know he's very good in the air. Um, maybe we see Ben Rama. That could be interesting. But uh, I think I think Man City just have too much going forward, especially with Aguero back. Um, so I think it'll be like a it'll be a fl- it'll be a flurry in the first half, and then it'll probably be. Either another magic comeback by West Ham, or it'll just be like a dead game at half time. So, I'll give you the score prediction out. Let's go. Ooh, let's go three one City. Three one to Man City, and you mentioned the fact that you thought Man City had a strong record against West Ham. They've won ten straight in in all competitions. Mm-hmm. The last time. They didn't win. It was a draw in 2016. It was a 2-2 draw. Last time they lost was 2015, a 2-1 West Ham win at um, Man City Stadium. So that's quite an interesting one. But as I said, that's back in 2015. This is a new Manchester City, a stronger Manchester City. And as I said, 10 wins on the bounce. Last two games was 2-0 win to Man City and then a 5-0 win to Man City. you know, two wins last season, comfortable wins. I think I think that trend continues in this game, especially with Aguero back. I think Man City are a different beast when he's on the pitch, and I can see them steamrolling West Ham. I don't give West Ham a goal in this game. I'm going to go 3-0. Uh, I do think City, once they get that one goal or the, even the second goal, they're, they're not shy to go and look for the third goal. And, you know, if they're really fine, they'll push for the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. That That's the type of team that they are. But for this game, I think 3-0 West Ham, aren't, I don't see them bothering Man City too much. You mentioned the set pieces, maybe. 
they could they could get some joy there, but for me, I, I I think it's going to be quite unlikely. A game, however, that that is probably I don't know if it would have too many set pieces in it itself. It's a game. Uh, it's Fulham versus Crystal Palace. It's a Fulham side that had a, a I want to say a spirited game in in <laughs> in in their last outing mm-hmm. and. You know, uh, it was certainly a spicy game. They were very unfortunate to miss the penalty um, and then concede a penalty and Sheffield United then go and score that, kind of saying, you know, this is how you're meant to do it. Mitrovic had a game from hell. He could not find his footy. He could not find the target. He could not get the ball in the back of the net. They end up drawing 1-1 with Sheffield United. And then on the other side of the of this fixture, there's the darlings of the podcast, Crystal Palace, who I'm sad to say haven't won a game since game week two. And I don't know if it's me. I I I, I hope it's not me uh, that that's cursed them so far this season. But they were on course to do something against uh, against Brighton, especially you know maybe not the most clear-cut penalty but they had a penalty they had the lead they were going strong into the game late in the game and then they concede and you could just feel the hearts breaking because this was a game of a tad predictable versus two-footed podcast as crystal palace are the darlings of this podcast and brighton are the darlings of the two-footed podcast so it ended even you know you take it as 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 it comes but in terms of this fixture I'm going to go right out the bat and I'm going to say 2-0 Crystal Palace because screw this, we need a win and it's going to come in this game. How do you respond? Um, I think that's more to do with Fulham than Crystal Palace on recent form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don't take this away from me. <laughs> uh, I did drawing a game one all and I didn't watch it because why would I? Um, and How dare you? They had one shot and it was a penalty. Come on, that is right. Roy Hodgins heard this podcast, and he couldn't. He couldn't bear the fun in people's voices. <laughs> it was none of that. We've got loads of attacking players. You go in left back, and you're going to deal with it, Wilfred Son. Um, it, uh, it's quite like obviously it's worked for all these years, but if you're Crystal Palace, they they showed it against United and whoever they played on the second game. It's in there. Roy won't allow it. He won't allow fun. <laughs> it's just not in his DNA. So, I don't know. Whoever they get is the next manager. They obviously got burnt by the DeBall thing. But there's talent in there to, to have a fun squad. Um, I think, But I agree. I think Palace... Palace, I, 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 there's just not that team I don't think could screw up. In in games like these, I think these are the games where, at the bare min- at at the worst, they'll get a draw. Like they'll get the lead, hold on, and then screw up in like the last minute, and it'll feel like an underdog point for them. Whereas you probably think, if Palace just attacked more, they probably would have taunted them. Um, but I, I I'd be quite confident. I think Fulham. Again, I haven't watched loads of them, but it seems. It seems Mitro, it's like Mitrovic or Bust. I know they've added Adam Luckman, who seems to have added a bit of sauce to the team. Um, but if it's if it's just them two doing stuff, like 
is that enough? Like Mitrovic, who's had very up and down career in England, and and Luckman, who had a good loan spell at Leipzig, but then fell away quite quickly when I think Nagelsmann came and he kind of fell down the pecking order. So it's a lot to have your hopes on on them players, but I am a I am an Eng- <laughs> I am an stamp fan. <laughs> I do love Angisa, but he, he can't do it alone. He can't do it alone. Um, I'll say one nil Palace because I have Mama in in my FPL, and you've got Cahill down as injured, which I kind of hope's right because I got him, and then he didn't start the next game because <laughs> <laughs> Palace have good fixtures, so hopefully he plays. Um, so yeah, I'll go. I'll go one nil Palace. It'll be like Zaha or. I don't even know who's playing up front with him now because AU's got COVID, hasn't he? Um, is Benteke back? <laughs> is that where we're at now? Well, Benteke came on. Michi oh. Bechuai started. Oh. Um, but oh, he's wait. also got a bit of a niggle as well. Oh. Or is it he's out? He may be out for personal issues. I'm not sure if he, right, okay. if, if that's updated or not. But he did start in that game. Um, I thought. That partnership needs a little bit more work as mm. Michi looked a bit lost on the pitch. Mm. He's not played in the so, to be fair. Yeah. And then in terms of Fulham, as you said, Lukman and Mitrovic are, are the focal points, it seems. Although I'm disappointed that they're not giving Mitrovic too many balls to attack, like a- attacking headers. They're just mm. not crossing the ball enough for him, I don't think. And I think he could be a real bully in the air. So it will be interesting to see if, if they do do that. Him versus Mamadou Saka, I think, would be a tasty battle. Speaking of tasty matches, exciting matches, the next matchup is going to be one that's probably going to be the fixture of the weekend. All eyes are going to be on this game. I wouldn't be surprised worldwide if it's got the highest viewings. It's Man United versus Chelsea. Man United team that's going to be bouncing into this game after a victory at PSG against a Chelsea team who it looks like their goal scorer, Timo Werner, has found his shooting boots. How do you see this match going? Uh, It's two of the traditionally bigger clubs, not necessarily started the season firing on all cylinders, but hoping to make a statement here. Yeah, I think this is a real opportunity for both teams. I think... Um, I'm pretty sure United have been awful at Old Trafford. I think the, their away record's really good, and I think it's historically good. Um, but at Old Trafford, they seem to, even without the fans, just crumble in, in pressure, which it's strange, but maybe Old Trafford is a magical place. <laughs> um, but it, it is strange, I think, with that record, and I presume the previous game was the Tottenham one, you'd probably have to have... To- um, a, Chelsea is the um is the favourites go going into it, but Chelsea didn't they get didn't they draw with Sevilla in midweek? Which obviously Sevilla are a good a good team, but after free throwing free yeah, free flowing football, if my tongue works, um against Southampton, I know Southampton defend a bit suicidal at times. Um, to then go and score zero against Sevilla at home, it's um, it's a bit disappointing. You probably, you probably the inconsistencies in their squad. I, I, I'm just getting the the team in front of me. It looks like they went full strength. So maybe it's just the high lines that Chelsea can exploit, which 
it probably does make sense with, with Werner, Havertz, Pulisic, Mount. It's a, de- it's a decent amount of pace in that front line. Um, obviously, you can add Ziyech to that. Um, he's probably still getting up to fitness. But, um, yeah, it, it depends. It depends because, again, I didn't watch the PSG game because I just didn't want, I didn't want to watch United. They were, they were always going to be PSG. PSG are bottlers, and they were always going to do it. So why would I watch that? So, I don't know. that If the if there's newfound resilience, I think, um, Twan Zebi, however you pronounce it, he seemed to get a lot of plaudits after the game. If he can... If he can become the first name on in in the back line, whether they stick to that free, I think they played free or or go back to a four. Um, if he can pens, if he can pretty much just marker his name in, they've at least got one piece to the to the puzzle. Um, I'm not sure if they'd start Tellers in a game like this. Maybe wait for an easier fixture. Um, Wambasaka was apparently good again. Um, so is the biggest question mark. Continue to be Harry Maguire is is his head, is his form just that poor? I know he scored uh, against Newcastle, um, but Newcastle still scored in that game. I know it was a dodgy on goal, but it, it is Newcastle. Um, so maybe it's Twanzebi plus Lindelof Bobai. That that might be the safest option. I know neither of them are good, but maybe the safest option is is to take him out the limelight. Um, it, it, it was strange. He, I'm not sure if he was suspended against PSG, but he didn't play in that, and they looked better. So maybe you just roll with it. Um, but it'll be interesting. I'd, I'd, I'll say... Oh, I think it'll be a mad one, you know. I'm going to go 4-3 Chelsea. Let's go big. Ooh. <laughs> Neither can defend. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm looking at that high line from Man United... And I'm looking at what Timo Werner was trying to do in a lot of the games that he's played this season, and especially against Liverpool. He was desperate to get a ball over the top uh, and, and run at the, uh, you know, force the centre backs to come out wide and, and take them on. He might shift. He, he focused a lot of his attack to Liverpool's right hand side of the defence, whereas mm. Maguire plays on the left of Man United's defence. I wouldn't be surprised if he shifts to that side of the pitch and looks to take him on on a few occasions, uh, especially forcing him out wide. So yeah, I can definitely see goals for Chelsea in this game. And then United, I think they're going to be bouncing into this one. Look, it's it's PSG. Even if it's a poor PSG side, just the psychological factor of beating PSG away from home in the Champions League is a massive deal and it's a you know it's it's something that they can hold their head up high to and hang on to in terms of looking to gain confidence for the team and as I've said this season I'm pretty sure Oli's going to do enough to stay in the job um I, I was speaking to a Man United fan that's a huge Oli fan I for one I'm also an Oli fan but I'm a Liverpool yeah. fan so I I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't. I would be alarmed if I was a Man United fan. You hear Liverpool fans saying they love Oli as well, um, and I, I say that because I know and I feel he's not going to be a big threat, especially uh, with the way that they're handling business off the pitch, on the pitch at the moment. Um, but in this game, I think you know. Man United need a big win, another big win, rolling on the bounce. I think United do have spells. We saw it at the end of last season. We saw it 
two seasons ago when when Oli was coming in late late for Man United where he has these spells where he starts racking up wins and I think he's in one of those at the moment and you mentioned the man the Newcastle win it, it was a confident performance towards the end of the game after they got the goals but it was quite a slog uh, they were trying to you know try to um, get the goals late in the game it, it, but I think I think this might be a run for Oli. I think they take Chelsea, I'm going to say 3-2 to Man United. I definitely see goals in this game. And I think Man United will probably sit deep and look to counter-attack, which will be weird to see at Old Trafford. You assume Man United will have the ball a lot. But I think in the big games, they're just going to sit deep and hope Rashford and Martial wouldn't be surprised if you see James in there as well get the afterburners on and look for goals on the counter-attack. And I think this could work pretty well against this Chelsea team, especially when you consider it's a new team. Defending transition for any new team is very difficult because you don't know where your other teammates are going to be. You don't quite know exactly where you're meant to be defensively sometimes, um, especially with all the new players that have come in. And I think they could get unstuck there. But... um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game that's going to be viewed worldwide. And if you want to view this game without any hassles, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you have a look at our sponsors, our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Um, this podcast is obviously presented by EPLindex.com in association with Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out their services at LibertyShield.com. And basically sort out your VPN, sort out your viewing for not just Premier League, especially with the pay-per-views now coming in. You can guarantee that you've got all the games available at the right time. No fuss, no dodgy streams or anything like that. Um, And then also any other sports that you fancy, any other TV that you fancy, you can get all that on Liberty Shield's VPN package. The next game that comes up, and it's a game that you'll be watching, Guy, I'm sure. Um, mm. It's the Rion Brewster redemption game, the revenge game. It's another revenge game. It's a, it's a Rion Brewster revenge game. It's Liverpool versus Sheffield United. I, for one, will be highly disappointed if Brewster isn't starting this game. I think he would as well. Um, Sheffield have not threatened much this season, and it seemed to be the... The weakness last season, apart from in bits and bobs, I think Mick Burney can be it. Um, Mousset can do it, but he, he's very injury prone, and it seems to have to you have to protect him even when he is fit. So it might might not be the one to build around. McGoldrick seems to do um, quite a lot of work off the ball and dropping deeper and stuff. So maybe it's him plus one. Um, but Brewster obviously had he was pretty much on fire his whole time at Swansea, wasn't he? And I think it speaks volumes that a few, a good few Liverpool fans were disappointed that he didn't get a chance. And obviously, we've got a well-established front three, as I said at the start of the pod. Um, and people wanting to get, have him get a chance, maybe not to replace Bobby, but just get chances in in, in certain games this season. But I think it's a good deal for both both teams and and um, and Brewster. So, but I think he should be starting. I think he should be starting. I think. If they've started the season this poorly, inject some new life into the front line. 
Um, and, and just just roll with it. Like if he does worse, it's easy enough to put um, to put McBurney or Sharp or whoever back in. It, it, it's uh, it's a gamble, and and football loves the narrative, doesn't it? It does. So Brewster, if he if he scores one goal this season, it'll probably be this game or or the the reverse fixture. <laughs> and nobody will bat an eyelid because that is how football works. But it's also the Jack Robinson derby, just to be more niche. Ah, more niche. <laughs> the, that's the hipster derby. It is. <laughs> I forgot about that exactly. one. Yeah, I, I think this game, look, it's it's a Sheffield United team who have not looked too great this season. They They look really, really bad in front of goal. Um, you look at the chance that McBurney heard, had in their last game. Uh, we mentioned it was against Fulham. We spoke about Fulham's side of the things uh, earlier in this podcast. But you look at some of the chances that Sheffield United had. They're creating chances. You look at the likes like Sander Burge. They are creating chances from midfield. They're just not putting it in the back of the net. And one of Brewster's really, really good attributes similar to what Mason Greenwood brings to Man United, is that he's got really good shooting technique and he can put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, Brewster might not do all of the work outside of creating the goals and, I mean, outside of scoring the goals in the sense of creating goals, um, you know, dropping deep and looking to bring others into into the game. I think he's more of a a, a finisher, Get the likes of Sander Burge to, to do the creative side of things. He'll worry about finishing the the, the goals and the and the moves. And I think if they start him, I I'm I'm going to lock in a Brewster goal in this game. I I 100% agree that football loves a narrative, and they have to they have to do something to shake things up. I think. Um, and it's a game against Liverpool. You may as well try because you're not expected to win it. And if you just, you know, if you if you take the risk in this game and you get beat 3-0, well, we were meant to get beat 3-0 anyway. But if it works, how cool would that be for them? And also, it's another game that he would then get enough time with the players around him to get that teamwork going, get the link play sorted out. Um, I, I would personally be starting him in this game. And as I said, if he starts... I think he gets a goal. I'm going to say 3-1 to Liverpool because Liverpool are incapable of keeping clean sheets at the moment, I don't think. Although they kept on in the Champions League somehow this past week against Ajax. I think in the Premier League, they've not Fa- been great Thank you, Fabinho. <laughs> <laughs> just you. Yeah. Just, just you, man. Just no one else. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going a 3-1 Liverpool win with a Brewster goal locked in. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same. Um, I'll I'll copy your free one, and I'll I'll copy the Brewster shout as well. Um, I think there's enough goals at Liverpool. We know the talent, but Jack Robinson he seems to be a bit of a weakness. Like Jack O'Connell is probably their best defender, and he kind of fits the system perfectly. Obviously, he's been there a while, so um, that makes sense. But him being out, I think he's out for most of the season, if not all the season. Um, that that's a huge loss, but more Salah directly up against um Robinson, who, who who's a left back, um, playing at centre, playing at left centre back. It it should be a it should be a duel in our in our favour, to be honest. And we both gone with the same scoreline, the same predicted goal scorer, and that's probably something you would bank, would you not say, guy? Or burn. Oh wow. <laughs> 
Wow. Uh, but I guess speaking of Banquet or Burnett, uh, I teased it a little bit earlier. The reveal of the winner of Guy versus Dave. Guy set the challenge um, and he started off. So we'll see how Guy did. He was on episode four. If you want to go back and listen to his audacious Banquet or Bank Burnett segment, um, you can have a listen to that. Guy, so Banquet or Burnett works like this for those joining us for the first time and anyone else that just needs a refresher. I'm going to ask a series of five questions in relation to the five matches we've just discussed. And Guy will either shout bank it if he thinks that it's something that's going to happen or burn it if he doesn't think it's something that's going to happen. Um, as I said, five fixtures. We'll run through five questions for each of the five fixtures, which leaves you with a score out of 25. And Guy, in your first ever bank it or burn it, you got a score of 16 out of 25. How do you feel about that score and how nervous are you about Dave's score that I'm going to reveal just now? I am. Um, I'm all right with that. I think that's quite good. Yeah, look, um, it was a very strong performance. Your first one, Chelsea versus Crystal Palace, you got two out of five. I was starting to get worried for you there. Then your legendary game, Everton versus Brighton, you got mm. five out of five in the predictions. Yes. If you had gotten, you called an Aaron Connolly knee slide, it was Mope that got the knee slide. You could have gotten six out of five for that one. That would have been instant win. That would have been instant. We would have just closed the books on that one, given you the Hall of Fame. First, first ballot Hall of Fame nomination, no doubt. You then carried on strong. You had Leeds versus Manchester City. You got four out of five for that one. Um, and then it, tailored off a little bit newcastle burnley got three out of five leicester west ham you got two out of five so you had a slow start pretty good in the middle and a slow end and is that going to affect how you're going to go into your strategy this week never never trust brendan <laughs> never trust brendan oh what was i thinking what was i thinking <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a sore spot for Liverpool fans. And in episode five, as I said, this was the challenge that Guy set out for Dave. He came into this one in somewhat cautious mood. He said he wasn't good at predictions, but he was going to give it a go. He started off with a bang. He got four out of five on his first game. It was Everton versus Liverpool. He ended up with the score... Of 12 out of 25. So, Guy, you did beat him. By four points, almost a whole fixture list you could have taken out and and you still would have beaten him. The floor is yours. Uh, You can have your acceptance speech. I'm honoured that the Academy would would grant me this, the Banquet or Burnet Trophy. Um, I'm so happy. Dave probably won't hear this, but I will tell him tomorrow because I am on podcast with him tomorrow doing his predictions. So I'll be like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. So when you're listening tomorrow, listen to me. Don't listen to Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Uh, we'll we'll do a segment now with our champion. Uh, we'll see if he can better his score of 16 out of 25. I heard a rumor, a little murmur, that Jake Jackman is going to be on next week. He's coming back. 
he was the OG of Bank It or Burn It, and I think he's looking to come back and take his title. He's heard all the hoo-ha about Guy and Dave, and he's just not having any of it. So he's demanded to come back on the show. So that should be exciting to see if Jake can come in and, and claim back his his title. So Guy, no pressure. Uh, I'd hate for you to lose your title in your first title defense. Nah, you just, you learn from it, don't you? You come back stronger. <laughs> you come back strong. He's got I can improve today. I can beat sixteen today. That that's the next. Jake isn't the next challenge. It's beating myself today. Wow. Okay. No further ado. We'll start. The first fixture is Aston Villa versus Leeds. I'll just run through the questions quickly. We've got A, more than eight shots on target. B, over 30 tackles. C, possession 55-45 to the home team. D, set-piece goal. And E, pat-the-badge goal celebration. Now, you had the knee slide goal celebration. How how confident do you feel about pat-the-badge? It's a strange one because you before we started recording, you you made the point. It's more of a derby thing, but who does a knee slide against whoever was Brighton against some random team? <laughs> it was raining though in that game, exactly. so the, the knee slide was more likely. Exactly, but we'll see. We'll see. I reckon I can sneak one in there. Okay, so we've got Aston Villa versus Leeds. We'll start it off now. Your time starts now. More than eight shots on target. Bank it. Over 30 t- tackles. Bank it. Possession 55-45. Burn it. Set-piece goal. Burn it. Pat the badge. Burn goal it. Celebration. <laughs> I do appreciate the fact that you knew your time was running out and you snuck that last one in Got really, to. really quickly. It, this, is, this is a season pro, everybody. Mm. He knows what he's doing. Number two, we've got West Ham versus Man City. The game that you've predicted is going to be a Man City win. You've mentioned that it's going to be 3-1. So I wonder if that's going to affect how you see this game going for Bank It or Burn It. Your time starts now. More than eight shots on target. Bank it. Over 30 tackles. Burn it. Possession 55-45 to the home team. Burn it. Set-piece goal. Bank it. Bad, pat the badge goal celebration. Bank it. Oh, lovely. What time to spare. He's a professional, ladies and gentlemen. He probably doesn't even look at the clock after that scary first one where it was probably my fault more than his. Easy work. Um, easy work, easy work. Lightweights. Okay, third game is Fulham versus Crystal Palace. Your time starts now. More than eight shots on target. Burn it. Over 30 tackles. Bank it. 55, 44, 45 possession Burn to the home. Set-piece goal. Bank it. And pat the badge goal celebration. Burn it. Lovely stuff. All right, we'll move swiftly on to the big game of the weekend, Manchester United versus Chelsea. Your time starts now. More than eight shots on target. Bank it. Over 30 tackles. Burn it. Possession for 55-45 to the home team. Burn it. Set-piece goal. Bank it. Pat the badge goal celebration. 
Oh no, you're joking, right? Guy, this is a this is this effectively is a derby. Nah. It it's 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 a Mourinho derby. It's hands down a Mourinho derby. Mate. Both clubs managed by the same same manager. They don't like each other. And you're just going to burn that, pat the badge. I am. And you're going to regret this. Look this how so- probably... the soft is anything. They're going to pat the badge. They'll cuddle each other. Like, yeah, it's good. If Mourinho was there, he'd be straight in there patting the badge himself. But he's not. Yeah, that, that would be a sh- I, I would have given a shout for Mourinho patting the badge for that one if, if he was still there. Um, okay, we'll end off with Leeds versus, I mean, Liverpool versus Sheffield United. Oh, you mentioned Brewster scoring a goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your time starts now. More than eight shots on target. Bank it. Over 30 tackles. Bank it. Possession 55-45 to the home team. Bank it. Set-piece goal. Burn it. Pat the badge goal celebration. Bank it. Brewster. Oh, you had to. And he's given the shot. Whoo. This will be a game for the ages. Not just a banquet, but a Brewster banquet as well to end off the banquet or burn it segment. I like the variation in your answers there for the celebrations. Yeah, this should be a good one. I, I'm, I'm just not sure about your Man United, Chelsea, Pat the Badge goal celebration burn it. They're too soft now, I think. I think they're too soft. You heard it here first. Mm. But speaking of teams that are definitely not soft, uh, they came in with a physical performance against Liverpool. They've stayed on top of the Premier League. Um, they hope to be top of the Premier League going into next week as well. It's Everton. They go to St. Mary's to face off against Southampton. Southampton. A Southampton side that, you know, Two losses, a draw, and two wins in there against this formidable Everton side at the moment. Do you give Southampton a chance, or does Everton steamroll them too? I think they do have a chance. I think um, Rodrigo Hammers being out is is a big thing. Um, obviously, he's their main creator, and you're replacing him with probably a Warby. Like a Warby's fine, but he's not. He's not James Rodriguez. <laughs> um, which is it's not a criticism, but he can't be who he can't be that. Um, so I think that's a big creative part of the the game gone for them. And, and Southampton, I'm not sure if it's carried over into this season. It's probably too early to tell. But they're always a team that you think probably better away from home. Um, but Everton missing their big piece in the in their team. Southampton are very threatening going forward. Ings is in good form. Che Adams continues his his good end of season form. Um Everton have defensive frailties. Did unfortunately Pickford didn't get suspended for them, so he's probably gonna play. <laughs> um so I think there's still defensive weakness there for for Southampton to displ- to exploit, but it's the exact same for Everton. Um Bednarek I think's quite talented, but whoever plays next to him seems to be a raging dumpster fire. And the fullbacks don't seem to be that good defensively either. Um, McCarthy v Pickford I mean McCarthy's probably better but I don't think either are that good um, so I think it's the I think it's the game of poor defences I think Everton's defence is probably a smidge better but the goalkeeper kind of supplements that um, 
But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I think if Alan and Dakura are on it, I could see Everton dominating it. But at the same time, I think Ings, we kind of saw it against Chelsea. He can kind of do score out of like just one chance. And if Ad- if Adams is on it as well, then they may only need a couple of chances. So I'm going to go two all on this one. The first draw of the weekend, a two all. Um, and you mentioned that Aston Villa are going to win two one in their game, so that would not be enough for Everton to keep the lead. Is 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 that weighing into your prediction here? But are you desperate to get Everton off the top? Is that is that what it is? Um, I'm not sure the top of the table thing came in. I think I think it's more um, James Rodriguez absence. I think they don't really have anyone to um, replace him. Like I think they've got decent players there, but they just don't have that individual talent. And I just remembered Richarlison's out as well. Um, so it's going to be a completely new look team, really or new look front line. They kind of play half four four two, half four three three, don't they? So I'm not even gonna. Sh- I'm not even sure who will play alongside DCL. Maybe Bernard and Awobi, and then Decore, Alan. He seems to have a thing for Gomez, but he's not very good. Um, but that that front line sounds a lot worse than than Richarlison and, and Rodriguez. So I might actually change it. I'll keep it to all, but. The more I talk about, it, the more I'm kind of favouring Southampton because it's literally like it's kind of been this anyway. It's like DCL or bust, but now it's like turned up to eleven. So yeah, Southampton could find this as a good opportunity for a surprise. Yeah, um, I have, I have to agree with your reasoning for why Southampton have a good chance in this game, and you mentioned just at the end there, Richarlison is also out. Having both him and James Rodriguez out, I think, is a huge, huge blow for them. I'm going to go with the 2-1 Southampton win purely because of the injuries that, um, well, injury and suspension that um, that Everton have. And, and I just think it's going to be a disjointed attacking trio or however they end up shaping up. And I think they could be in trouble there. You also look at the fact that Seamus Coleman is out. Mm. Is Ben Godfrey going to stay in that position? I thought he did well against Mane, to, to be fair. Yeah. Um, does he keep the the, the, the shirt there? I, I don't know. I just think the injuries and the suspension for Richarlison have come at a really bad time for them against a team that seems to have very clinical attackers at the moment in Southampton. Um, a, a team that we thought was going to be a lot more clinical this season Wolves, they go up against Newcastle. This is a Wolves team that this season doesn't have, in inverted commas, the distractions of European football. How do you see Wolves going in this game? They've had a shaky start, two wins, two losses, and then a win again. And as you mentioned, maybe not the most convincing win in their last outing. Are they going to get going anytime soon? Or is it just a matter of, we just need to get the results? I think it is a matter of that, but at the same time, they've always had this struggle against poorer teams, um, especially defensive teams. I don't think Leeds are, but Leeds can um, play against anyone going on the evidence of this season. So, I mean, they give Liverpool and Man City games, so why wouldn't they give Wolves a game? Um, but Newcastle, 
Newcastle are the sort of team that you'd probably think Wolves would struggle against. They're going to set off deep. They're going to have 12 defensive midfielders. They're going to probably just knock it long to um, Wilson and maybe Joe Allenton if, if he plays as well. But if Wolves have any ambition to get back in Europa League, if not higher, they need to beat Newcastle, especially at home. But why is there any reason they're not started Adama consistently? I know he's done his shoulder a couple of times. Is is, is that it? Oh, that it just seems very strange. Like I know he kind of they had to play around him, but is net a Neto or Pedence any better? Like I don't I don't think that. Like I think they've took a big part of their team out, uh, part of their last year's team out and replaced it. Like. Quite poorly. Like I quite, I think Pedence is good. I think Neto's talented, but I just think if you pass the ball to Adama, we saw the combination with Jimenez. It seems to have just taken a lot of the threat out of the team. Like obviously he doesn't have the most end product, but Neto and Pedence haven't really pro- proven any better end product. So if a, if Adama starts, I could see Wolves like not battering them because they don't really do that. But Adama v Jamal Lewis, who. Had a bit of an up and down start at Newcastle. Um, could be interesting, and then Jimenez against presumably Lascelles and Fernandez if they if they're both fit. Um, and no goalkeeper at the moment unless Carl Darlow comes back, but Dubravka's out for a while uh, for the rest of this month. Um, I'm not even sure who their third goalkeeper. Actually, it is. I, I remember their third goalkeeper screwed up against Newport in the cup. I think it was so. A weak goalkeeper um, could be a big issue. I, I'll say 2-0 Wolves. Yeah, look, it, it's going to be a tough game for Newcastle, irrespective of maybe you could say the poor form that Wolves are in at the moment. You've mentioned the injury crisis they have in, in goal at the moment, and uh, it, 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 it's, it just seems like it's going to be a tall order. I think... Best case scenario for them is Saint Maximin doing some some saucy yeah. saucy magic, but I, I don't think that's going to be enough. I really don't think that's going to be enough, unfortunately, for them this game. Uh, I, I do wonder when you mention the likes of Adama not getting that much game time. Do you think maybe the people that have come in now have been promised more more minutes or, or been promised a certain amount of minutes, and that's what enticed them to join Wolves, and maybe that's affected Adama's minutes at the moment but he's close to signing a new contract with them uh, mm. so I, I, it, it's a strange one it's certainly a strange one but for this for this specific game i, I think wolves are going to have too much um i'm going to go with a two i want to say two one but I'm, I'm, I'm debating whether or not Newcastle have that goal. Look, Wolves have been struggling, so I'm I'm gonna give Newcastle the benefit of the doubt here and say they can get at least a goal. They'll be looking for more, but I'm gonna go two one. Your scoreline again? Two 0 Two 0 So you you've not given them a chance at no. all. I think they'll wow. be in it. I just think I like Steve Bruce, like he seems sound, but it's a bit boring. <laughs> it's very boring. <laughs> like if they if he just unleashed all their attacking talent, I'm sure they could beat Wolves, but he just won't. You're just setting it up so perfectly for Jake next week. I'm I'm loving this. He he hates Newcastle more than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. Okay, the the next game that's coming up it's Arsenal versus 
your beloved Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> Leicester City. Mm. Uh, Arsenal, they've had two wins on the bounce. Oh, sorry, they, they, they started the season with two wins, had the loss, a win, and then they lost their last game as well, albeit against Man City and with shouts of penalties and, and other things as well. Do you see Arsenal bouncing back? I mean, it's a, it's a tough fixture and probably hangs on the balance is whether Jamie Vardy can get back in time for this one. That's it, really. Um, I didn't I didn't realise Siontru was out for that long as well. Um, that's that's basically their spine. Um, Siontru, indeed, he's out for a while as well, isn't he? Uh, and Vardy. And, and Vardy's their only goal for it. Like, any natural... I don't know. He's not really. He's not really became the pen, uh, penalty box poacher that we kind of saw at Man City. He's kind of become more of a hybrid number ten type thingy, and that's maybe because he simply couldn't play instead of Vardy. He had to play with Vardy, and Vardy. What Vardy's pointless if you drop him back. Like you, you, you need to play. He needs to play off someone. Um. So I just don't think they have a goal for it. And Arsenal's defense has improved. Um. Since Arteta's went in. Um, and it looks really good. Like they were quite good against City. We we battered them a wee bit at uh, Liverpool. I say the Royal we. Um, I think Arsenal should win this. If Arsenal have, I, I kind of said the same with with Wolves. If Arsenal have ambitions of top four, and that's where they should be with the money they've spent in recent years, they they need to beat an injury hit Leicester. I mean, what what will Leicester have? They'll have. The new lad from France playing at centre back, who was apparently quite good last week, albeit the loss. Um, Johnny Evans, who who seems to be aging. <laughs> um, a weakish midfield and and no goal for it. Arsenal should be winning this. Like Arteta seems to be defence first, but maybe go back to Arsene Wenger a bit and just unleash um, Obama Young, unleash Lacazette, William Pepe. Because they, unless the unless that full final kid is literally a worldie, and I've not I've not seen him obviously. I didn't watch Saint Etienne and I didn't watch him last week because I think they're on pay per view. Um, they they should be winning this. They should be winning this. I'm gonna go. I don't think Arsenal is that type of team. Is score lords now. I'll go two nil Arsenal. Yeah, I, I agree in terms of Arsenal should be looking to win this, especially with the injuries that Leicester have. And, and you've mentioned um, them quite quite in detail here. Uh, Arsenal, you know, I think the, the benefit for both sides, I guess, is that both sides are playing on Thursday. So it kind of cancels each other out in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, playing a team that's played mid midweek. Um, you look at Arsenal's game, at time of recording, they're currently nil-nil. Um, they've had to travel away. Um, Rapid Vienna, maybe not the easiest place to get to. Leicester have a home game, though. Um, I don't know if that then plays a factor, Arsenal having to travel. You look at the team Arsenal put out there, Nicolas Pepe starting, Lacazette is starting. These are guys maybe you'd want to see in this game against Leicester to really go after it and get the goals. It's like a a debut for Thomas Partey as well in that game. So, yeah, you know, but some of their starters are playing in this game. Some have been rested. You got the likes of Aubameyang on the bench. I guess that's a, in case of emergency break glass. They probably don't want him to play in this game. 
and have him rested for this Leicester City game. I, I think this game is definitely coming too early for Leicester when you look at the amount of injuries they've got. And then if you look at their style of play, they do like to play with the ball on the ground. And Arsenal have shown that they can be really good and difficult to to take on when you're a team that likes to play with the ball and likes to have possession. And I think that might be a problem for Leicester. If you don't have your best players and you're still trying to execute that game plan against an Arsenal team that is starting to get you know, the ideas of what Arteta once really implemented on the field. I'm going to go with a 3-0 Arsenal. I, I know you mentioned you don't think they've got lots of goals in them. Mm-hmm. And certainly their shooting, you know, suggests suggest that they, they barely get shots on target. That's one of the big, big issues for them. I think this season so far is just not shooting the ball enough. Um, but I, I think in this game, a weakened Leicester side, at the Emirates, it's a big pitch. They're going to be running around quite a bit and and they're going to be able to get the goals for that one. And a game that comes after this one is a game that I don't know how many goals are, are, are going to be in this one. It'll be interesting to hear what Guy thinks. It's Brighton versus West Brom. I think Brighton will dominate the game, but we've seen the pattern this season. They don't have a goal scorer. Like Malpert... I think if Morpé was the team's second scorer, he'd be good. Like I think that'd be perfect. I think that was why they wanted. Uh, I think there was that lad who went to Benfica at Nunes or Dow. I think Darwin Nunes. Um, they wanted that. I think they want that goal scorer. And I mean, they've got Danny Welbeck on a free. I doubt he'll start because he hasn't trained uh, unless he did his preseason with Watford and then got released or something. Not a mister. Um, but I doubt he's trained for that long. He's not that good anyway. Um, dare I say? But I think I think Brighton should have enough because West Brom don't really have that much. Like Dean Garner, Pereira, Carlin Grant is probably a decent front three, but behind that I just don't see much. Um, he seems to have changed systems to go free at the back, which. Maybe he'll change against a team like Brighton where you could probably see an opportunity to get points, but to go ultra-defensive when on the back of a promotion, it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, you've got to pick and choose when to go for it. And we've seen we've seen the um, fragility in, um, in Brighton. Um, regardless of how many shots on goal Brighton get, they're not clinical, so be a bit looser have a go like I like all of Brighton's defenders I'm pretty sure everyone in FPL land has Lamptey um, Ben White Webster uh, dunk suspended so maybe Dan Byrne will play centre back um, or maybe they'll go back to four of back who knows um, but it'll be interesting I, I make Brighton favourites but I think uh, if if Brighton had a striker they'd, they'd be so much more comfortable in the league Um like even if the Nick just what any of Burnley strikers, I've, I've got the fixtures up in front of me. Like Burnley have like five strikers. <laughs> they all start for Brighton. Um, I'll say two one Brighton. Interesting. I, I I kind of maybe spoiled my prediction by saying I don't see many goals or, or don't necessarily. Or I pose the question of whether there will be many goals. I'm going to go with the 1-0 Brighton win. 
I think they've got enough to get the goal and get the win. I agree that they're likely to dominate this game. They've got really, really fun football. If if it's the battle of the teams um, for the podcasts uh, rivalry that we have at the moment, Brighton are kind of the opposite of um, Crystal Palace at the moment. The younger manager, the really beautiful football, just can't get the goals. Whereas on the opposite side, you've got Crystal Palace slightly older manager not necessarily the most beautiful football but they do get the goals and i think you know in this game i i think one goal should be enough for brighton i think they'll be solid enough defensively and that would allow them to get the win that they've been chasing you know they they they've had one win this season and I think they they deserve more, but it's it's always hard to say deserve in the Premier League because you you usually end up in a league season where you deserve to finish. But uh, their fans hitting, would hitting certainly the post be. eight times is a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> that was a special special game. Uh, speaking of a team that was involved in special games, we have Tottenham. Uh, they go to Turf Moor. They play against Burnley. This is a team that was coasting to a three 0 victory. Uh, it just crumbled. It absolutely crumbled. And they end up drawing the game. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Mourinho would have been absolutely livid with the players, not just post the game in the changing room, but for the week following. But it, and, and it's probably irritates him a lot more because this is something we've seen in All or Nothing where he's trying to instill in them the pride and accountability of being a defensive team, being resolute, not conceding silly goals uh they come up against the burnley side who three losses one draw they haven't really looked like burnley of old i I don't think they haven't looked that solid defensively and they're not getting goals going forward either so do burnley see last week's game that west ham came back in and and say they've got a chance in this game i think they do because it's what spurs do um we've seen it Newcastle, we've seen it in West Ham. It is the fact that Burnley have struggled. I think it does stem from the the transfer window, or lack of transfer window, really. It's... I mean, Sean Dykes, he's not going to get a top six job. But any any job below that, I reckon he could get. Maybe not Wolves and Leicester. But I suppose they are top six, because Arsenal. (laughs) But you get me. I think any... Like Crystal Palace down, I think he could get any job like that. Like West West Ham would knock on his door. Uh, Palace, we talked about it, uh, on their game when Hodgson leaves, which probably be next season or the end of this season, unless he fancies another go. At it. Sean Dice is like perfect. He's it can be boring, but is it because he's at Burnley and he's got the team? You know what I mean? Like, does he have to play this way because that Burnley team? Maybe except Pope McNeil and the centre backs. Is it is it Premier League quality? Probably not. And I might I might be doing a disservice, but I think they're they're overwhelming good players or best players. Um, for him to do that job, maybe he has to sacrifice an ideal style of play. So, when your manager needs backing, and it's a manager that will be in demand if he ever says I want to leave Burnley, and you get him. Brighton's 20th choice central midfielder and a third choice goalkeeper. That's not good. They've got a left back who's played, I think he's played right wing 
left back, right back. And it's Eric Peters, who was a free, I believe, a couple of years ago. That, that's not good. That, that's not good. Like, I know the pandemic's hit everyone, but to not even, like, try and get a couple of few players, it's it's disappointing. It's disappointing, and it wouldn't surprise me. Like, would, I doubt they'd ever sack Sean Dice, but at the end of the season, I think we heard rumblings at the end of last season um, about him maybe wanting to go. Like, if if this season gets to April, May time, it would really wouldn't surprise me if Dice just goes, even if, like, they stay up safe, like, confidently. I, I want out, I want some backing. Fair enough. Like, he, he should be he should be getting backed. Because we I think without Sean Dice, Burnley would go straight back down. Um, but onto this game, I think Spurs will have too much in attack because, as you say, they've not been defending well. Maybe that's because Ben Mee's missing and Tarkovsky and Kevin Long may not work together. Um, and they're just not really defending that well as a team. Um, but Spurs do Spursy things. I should, oh. Maybe this is the game in between the screw-ups because you had Newcastle, United, then was it West Ham? So maybe this is the good one and the next one to go full Spurs. <laughs> so I'll say I'll say 4-1 Spurs. Well, you mentioned Burn, uh, uh, Ben Mee. Does, does it change your prediction, the fact that he looks like he could be ready for this one? Free one Spurs. <laughs> well, he's he's yeah, he's returned to training. He has returned to training. He might not maybe make this game, but at at least it's a sign that he's returned to training. Maybe they might throw him back in here just to say we need to stop the bleeding. But yeah, um, four one or three one, I suppose four one to Spurs. You you say yeah. I, I, I look. I I can't go against the Spurs winning this game. I. It's not a great Burnley side at the moment, and trying to pretend like it is the Burnley of old, and they're going to be able to stop Spurs scoring, which hasn't been a problem for Spurs this season. They've been scoring goals in bags. It's just they haven't been able to defend them, and they're coming up against a Burnley side themselves who are struggling to, you know, to to have any form, I think, of of attacking threat at the moment. You look at Spurs, maybe you say, can they get them on set pieces? I think Spurs have got the physicality to match them on that on that front. Um, yeah, Burnley have scored what one goal in their last four games. Uh, I, I I don't see them scoring in this game. I'm I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with a. I'm gonna go with a three 0 Spurs. I, I I think Spurs are gonna have enough. I think they keep a clean sheet finally. Um, especially after what happened last week, they're gonna have to concentrate and and actually see the result out to the end. And you know, it's it's likely Bale could get his first start for Spurs in this game. He came off the bench last game. Definitely must be a confident boost to the rest of the team. But yeah, I, I think that is a good place to end. It's the last fixture of the week. Um, Guy, do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Um, just look at just follow me on Twitter at Guy Drinkle. Uh, that'll see all my Anfield Index work and Anfield Index Pro work. I'm usually the guy uh, in the background, but I am on the odd one. Rate don't hate with yourself. Um, and I react to Klopp's press conferences, which is usually Friday afternoonish. Um, 
So they're my us- my weekly pods, uh, and we do fantasy podcasts as well. Um, if you they're they're on the free side, so if you want some last minute fantasy crack, it, it it's not too Liverpool. It, well, it's not Liverpool heavy at all, apart from this week because we got to talk about Trent and Liverpool poor defence. But uh, yeah, um, bit a bit for everything there. If you still have a Liverpool defender, I, I don't know what you're doing at the moment. Wan-Bissaka scored in the middle of the week. Trent is scoring a hat-trick. That's how this works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He must. He needs to come outside. Exactly. We love those games. Um, from my end, I'll just uh, highly recommend that you check out EPLindex.com website. Um, we have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances and also all the news you could wish for um we've also got the daily show we've mentioned it the two footer podcast with i suppose the runner up <laughs> in the bank of the burner challenge from guy <laughs> it's, it's dave hendrick um i would highly recommend listening in tomorrow because i think guy's going to be gloating on that show uh we also have the our flagship show which is it runs weekly it's the epr roundtable where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They review and preview the happenings around the EPL. You can follow this show on the Twitter page, a tad predictable on Twitter. You can follow EPL index at EPL index on Twitter, subscribe to EPL index on your podcast channel and on your podcast providers. If you want to, you know, leave comments, positive comments, that stuff really helps us out. If you really like the shows, give us five stars. As I said, leave the comments. It's all it's it's all in it's all in efforts to help us to 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 get better broadcasting and and, and exposure out there. So I do really appreciate that. Um, and you know, last week after we finished recording with Dave, he mentioned that I hadn't given a shout out, and and I do feel bad for this. I hadn't given a shout out to the lady that does the voiceovers for. The, the introductions for this show, Jody McKennis. You can follow her at Spursy141. That's at Spursy141, obviously a Spurs fan. Check her out. Um, give her feedback on, on the intros that she does. She does a great job for us here. I've been Tadio Chinakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predictable, our producer behind the glass, and he's been our bookend guest today, Guy Drinkle, as he mentioned, at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And remember, Chisingaperi, Chinoshura. Sports Social Podcast Network.